All right, get your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter 43. And I want to share this today to build your faith and to encourage us to move forward dynamically, excitedly, aggressively in the vision that God has for us. So Isaiah chapter 43. Those of you that have been here for the last few weeks know we've been in an amazing series called Fight for Your Family. We've encouraged fathers to be the point men in their homes and to lead. We've encouraged children, as we talked about last week, and families together to make sure that we're moving in the same direction and fighting together. And I want to preach this morning on the topic, fighting forward, fighting forward. My focus this morning is not on us as individuals or on individual families or individual marriages. We've, we've dealt with that the last couple of weeks. We're going to deal with that next week. How many of you know there's sometimes it's good to have a message for our whole family, for the whole church family, for the body of Christ? I love the fact that the church, as God conceived it, is so glorious, so incredible. In fact, I just want to drive this point home, and this is why I, I love Pastor Dick so much, and I appreciate his heart so much, is he, he gets it when it comes to this. Christ's central passion is for his church. That's all of, all of us, all right? His, the passion of Jesus is for his bride. How many of you know the mission of God? If you want to be relevant in the earth today, you cannot be relevant to what God's doing apart from being connected to God's church. Because the church is the vehicle through which God accomplishes the mission that his son gave. Uh, We call it the Great Commission. God does everything on planet earth through the redeemed people that Christ died to save, his collective church. And when you look at the New Testament and you look at the Old Testament, there's so many metaphors for the church. It's like, if, if you asked me today, Pastor Ron, will you describe your wife? I could not describe my wife in one word. I could not describe my wife in two words. I could not describe my wife in a dozen words. Let me tell you why. She exceeds the English language and my vocabulary to come up with enough descriptors. Her glory, her glory, her beauty, her character is so magnificent, I would not do her justice by describing her with one word. Now, let me just tell you, Jesus' picture of you and I is so magnificent, he cannot describe us with one metaphor. He could call us his bride, but we're more than his bride. Guess what? We're also the family of God. Isn't that a good metaphor? We're his family. How about this one? We're also the army of God, which means there's a battle to fight in the earth. There's something that God brought us together to do. So the Bible is full of all these descriptors, but here's what I want you to get from all this. God Almighty is crazy about his church. Jesus Christ is passionate about his bride. And every one of us in this place today that's bowed our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, this morning, I got good news for you, you are the apple of God's eye and you are the affection, you're the blazing passion in his heart that's released over us today. Can anybody feel how loved we are this morning? Now, this is foundational because I want you to look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. Because here's the deal. You know, we're never going to accomplish corporately what God wants us to accomplish if we do not come to the understanding of our identity in Christ and especially the fact that God is our Father. He's the family leader. He's the point man of the church. And he's asking us to come alongside and to follow him. So we need to know who he is, number one. And we need to know who we are, number two, if we're going to aggressively move ahead with the vision that God's placed before us. So look at Isaiah 43, verse 1. It says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord. And he's going to give us four things about who he is. The Lord who, number one, who created you. 
O Israel, to the one who formed you. This is what he says. Don't be afraid, for I have ransomed you. There's a third point. And then lastly, I have called you by name. And then God simply summarizes that verse with this beautiful phrase. You are mine. Isn't that good? When I look at my wife, because of the unique role that she has as my covenant partner, as my bride, when I look at her, I can say to her, you are mine. There's something about exclusivity. God says this about us. He says, first of all, y'all need to know I created you, so you need to know whose you are. You belong to somebody. We belong to God. Amen. You guys can talk back to me this morning. And then he says this, I not only created you, but he says, secondly, I formed you. The forming deals with a master craftsman making each of us uniquely, individually, into something magnificent for his purposes, which means we need to know our identity. And the beautiful thing about watching this building go up is watching all the different gift sets that God has put together under one roof, meaning you and I. Every single one of us is absolutely a masterpiece, God says. That's what his word declares over us. If you're here today, God has uniquely gifted you to be a blessing to the body of Christ, to the people sitting next to you, and to the furtherance of his kingdom. God created you. God formed you. Look at the third thing it says about us. He ransomed us. How many of you know when God sends his son on a mission to shed his blood, to purchase a people for himself, we all stand on equal ground at the foot of the cross with our hands raised just saying, thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you, God, for your mercy. How many of you know if you love Jesus here today, you've been purchased with blood? There's no greater sacrifice that it could have been made for us than the blood of the King's Son given for us. Created, formed, ransomed. How about this word? We've been called. Aren't you glad you didn't find God? God found you. Aren't you glad you weren't chasing after him? He was chasing after you. Aren't you glad God has been pursuing you? Aren't you glad it was him that dialed your number? You picked up the phone. He's calling you. This is the nature and understanding of what it means to be called by the Lord. God initiated this process. And if you're here today and you're a lover of Jesus, it's because you've been called by God. Now, why does God start all this off with all these wonderful words about who we are? Here's why. Because if you are part of this family and a part of any body of Christ that's pursuing the mission of God, how many of you know there's going to be difficulties in our journey together? Obstacles, adversaries, giants, all these words that the Lord uses. If we do not operate out of an understanding of who we are and what we've been called to do, we're going to fail a million times over. Look at, go on as I drop down in this verse. I just want to highlight a few more things about our identity. Uh, the Bible says this in Isaiah 43, 2, talking about the obstacles and challenges. When you go through deep waters, anybody been through some deep waters where you feel like you're neck deep or maybe you're in over your head? This is God's promise to us as a church family. When you're going through the deep waters, I will be with you. How many of you know that's a good promise right there? When you're going through rivers of difficulty, anybody been swimming in that river this week? Rivers of difficulty. You will not drown, God says. These are some great promises. When you're walking through the fire of oppression, God says you're not going to be burned up. Those flames are not going to consume you. And then God tells us why. Look at verse 4. Three more things God says over you today. God says, first of all, you're precious. You're loved. You're costly. You're valued. You're, You're a prized possession to the Lord. 
Secondly, he says, you are honored. God sees us in an honored place, an honored position. And look what he says last. I love this. I love you. Now, some of you might be new here today, and some of you might be veterans here today, but I want you to listen to those three words. God says you're precious to him. God says you're honored in his sight. He holds you in a place of esteem. And God says this to each one of you today. I love you. Anybody need that this morning? Those are some good words. Precious, honored, and esteemed. How many of you know God's setting us up for warfare? God's setting us up to believe him. How many of you know you'll come to somebody on a regular basis for counsel and insight and encouragement if you know that person is crazy about you? You all know that to be true? You won't go to somebody who hates you, someone who judges you, someone who doesn't believe in you. Am I speaking the truth here? But you will go back and forth to the people in your life who believe in you and who love you and who will be there and who prize you and treasure you, and you know that. This is what the Lord's saying today. That's who he is to us. We should be blazing a trail to the presence of God on a regular basis. Why? Because you're treasured, you're prized, you're honored, you're loved. And I love this phrase. God says you're mine. There's something beautiful about being our beloveds and just surrendering and saying, I belong to God. Can you just say that with me this morning? I belong to God. Let's just say that again. I belong to God. God says, you are mine. Isn't that beautiful? I, I, if I got to be somebody's, I'll be God's. I want to be God's. Now, let's go on, because here's what I want to challenge. That was all just a good warm-up. And I'm, I, I, look, I got plenty of time. Come on, I'm, I'm rocking this morning. Actually, we're going to get you out of here at about 10 till. Hold me to it, all right? You can almost just start leaving before... No, I'm kidding. All right. Isaiah 43, verse 19. God says something here, and I want to challenge us prophetically in this season of our life. God says something amazing here. He says, hey, I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something new. How many of you know God, one of his characteristics is he's the living God. The living God means he's not taking a nap, he's not in retirement, he's not stopped working, he's not stopped dreaming. God, as the living God, is alive. God is moving. God is always at work. You remember that passage in the Bible where Jesus said he was like his father, he was always about his father's business, and that God was always at work. God is at work right now. God is moving right now. God wants to be moving in your life right now. God is moving in this church's life right now. God is moving in America right now. He's moving in every nation of the world. This is the way God is. It's the way he rolls. It's the way he operates. God's wanting to do something new in us personally, and he's wanting to do something new in the church. God has a new season. God has a new chapter. God has new breakthroughs. God has new freedom, new provision, new favor. These are all things that God is wanting to release over us corporately today. We're entering a new chapter today, the Lord is saying. It's a new season, new freedom, new favor, new provision. But this is what God says. He says, see, I've already begun it. But look at the question that God asks in verse 19. I've already begun it. Do you see it? I mean, you know, that's where most of us get stuck. If I told you that your life or the the prayers you've been crying out to God for, or the things you've been believing God for, or the season that you're in, you're like, God, am I ever going to get out of this chapter of my life? Some of you have been in a rough season. Listen to me. God is doing a new thing. Can you see it? Can you see it? Most of us get stuck. 
We get stuck in bad places. We get stuck in places of unbelief. We get stuck in places where we become cynical and jaded. We become hurt. We decide to quit. We go through physical challenges. We go through spiritual challenges, emotional challenges. We got obstacles, adversaries. We got all kinds of stuff. And sometimes we sit back and instead of saying, God, I can see it. Sometimes what we say is, God, where are you? And I'm just telling you this morning, the problem in our lives is not that God is not moving in your life. The problem is we're not seeing it. How do we see it? How do we see it? How many of you know, nothing happens in our lives that doesn't at first come out of a vision for something different. You know, I just got to pick on Mike Neal. Mike, where are you at? I saw a man in our video a year ago that looked like Mike Neal, but he was bigger than Mike Neal, much bigger than the current Mike Neal. A year ago, Mike had a vision to do something different with his life and to be healthier. He's 100 pounds, roughly lighter than he was last year. He looks phenomenal. You know, I remember back when we built our home, I had a vision. I was a youth pastor. I had a vision of my basement full of teenagers. And when the builder came and he was going to put a pole up in my basement, multiple posts, I said, you can't put a post on this side because this is the room where it's going to be full of teenagers being discipled. And he said, well, we can put an I-beam across the top, but it'll cost you more. I said, put an I-beam across the top. I saw my basement full of teenagers before it ever happened. And I'm telling you the day when we had the shoes of 80 teenagers at my door in a massive heap of stinky, smelly teenage shoes in my basement full of young people being discipled, all of a sudden I realized what I had seen years ago was now happening in my heart. God is doing something new. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? I have had to declare over my children and over my family when things weren't as I saw it. I don't look as it currently is. I declare what I've already seen over my children because God is always on the move. God is always wanting to be good to us. God is always a restorer. God is always a healer. That is the way he rolls. We've got to see him as he is and we have to believe him. And God says, I'm doing something new in your life. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? If you knew, listen to me, if you knew that your breakthrough was dependent on your ability to see, wouldn't you want to know how you could improve your eyesight? I mean, I'm serious. If God God were up to something now, and he told me he was, and then he asked me this question, can you see it? I'd be saying, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see. Open my eyes so that I can see. I want to give you some help this morning on how to see. Look at verse 15 with me if you're following along. Isaiah 43, 15. The first thing we've got to see is the greatness of our God. God says this in one power-packed little verse. He said, I am. How many know the I am? He could stop right there. I am. But what are you, Lord? I I am the Lord. I'm, I'm the sovereign ruler. I'm the holy one. I'm your creator. I'm your king. Why does God tell us all these things about himself? Because he wants us to trust him. He wants us to believe him. He wants us to walk with him when everything around us is shaking. He wants us to hold on to the unshakable one. Listen, one of the most 
valuable uses of your time. And I'm sharing this from someone who's walked with God for longer than most of you in this room. And we've got some few senior saints in here that have a few years on me. But listen to what I've learned. The most valuable use of your time in the study of God's Word is spent focusing on the nature and attributes of God. If you don't know who God is and you have not stood in awe of the greatness of the attributes and the nature of God, then when little petty things hit us, we get knocked off. But when you see the greatness of God, when you know He's your Lord, your Holy One, your Creator, your King, it causes your heart to swell with faith. And you know what it takes to see what God's doing? It takes faith. You can't see the next thing unless you have faith in your heart because how many of us have ever had God give us a little glimpse and we were so overwhelmed because it seemed so big it overwhelmed us, right? And instead of believing God, we shrink back in faith. You'll never see a breakthrough in your life if you're not moving in the realm of faith, if you're not believing God for the supernatural. You have to, you have, to have faith. How do you have, have faith? You have to set your eyes on the greatness of God. Every time I meditate on the goodness and the power and the mercy and the strength and the forgiveness of God, it fills my heart with faith to believe Him. That's the first point. Second point, I love this. You, to see, you, God says, I want you to remember. Look at verse 16. God says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. What is God referring to? What, what, what historical moment is God making reference to there? The Red Sea. God says, y'all remember that? Remember how you were literally between a rock and a hard place? Y'all remember that? Remember when Pharaoh's army was was crushing in upon you and you were going to be wiped out? At least that's what you thought. Y'all remember that? You guys guys remember what I did? I'm speaking on God's behalf. Do you remember how I destroyed the entire enemy? You remember how I parted the Red Sea? Had the enemy come in and then I drowned them in a millisecond of time? Y'all remember that? God's saying, remember what I've done. Now, some of you, we're getting ready to have a, a meeting at the end, of, or at the 1st of July. I'm going to gather us together again, because here's the deal. We got into this vision in faith, and I'm telling you one thing. We are not going to finish this vision in the flesh. I am believing, amen, I am believing for supernatural breakthrough and blessing in all your all's life. Because God says, you know what? I've done it before. I can do it again. I've met you before. I can do it again. God says, remember. You know, it was fun. I talked to a couple of you on the way in. Talked to Doug Baker. Doug remembers putting the tile down in the kitchen. And and my dad coming up to him and saying, what in the world are you doing down here? You know, my dad always elbowing the guys. By the way, dad, so good to have you with us today. Mom, so good to have you Come on. Hey, come on. Let's give honor where honor's due. Amen. Amen. And I, I talked to Larry Galkowski today. Larry was always cracked me up because Larry fixes everything with crazy glue. If he gets his body ripped open and he needs like 85 stitches, just give him a, t- a, a tube of crazy glue. He's, a, he's good. But Larry told me when he was, when he was uh, using the power nail gun to put some flooring in and he nailed right between, thank God, he went between his toes but nailed his shoe to the ground. And, and he was stuck, you know, just running around. 
It reminded me of those bugs when I used to turn in those assignments, you know, for, uh, for science class, but you caught a few bugs on the way back in, and you stuck them on, and they were still wiggling when you handed it in. But Larry, Larry was just doing one of these things because his foot was nailed to the floor. How many of you know it's good to remember our history? We've got a great history here. Phil Khalil, I remember when I came into the kitchen and Phil was mudding and taping and I said, hey, can I help you? And he looked at me and said, sure. And I, all I remember is going over in the corner and starting to put mud on. I didn't realize, I thought more was better. Remember that, Phil? I was putting on like a half an inch thick and Phil came over and, and looked at it and I said, how am I doing? He goes, well, it's a little thick. He was so gracious to me. And then they got me out of the kitchen as fast as they could. Oh, I remember those days. I remember helping to hang the urinal in the men's bathroom. Hey, it's good to remember where we've come from. Amen? But here's my point. Let's not get stuck in the good old days. Because listen, if you're still living in the good old days, you can't see what God's doing now. Anybody, listen to me, anybody that's still looking backwards to the good old days, you're completely missing the new thing God is trying to do. So we honor our history, but we don't get stuck there because you don't live in the past. Some of you need this as a personal word this morning. Don't live in the past. Stop looking back at what you thought were the good old days. Some of you that have been through hell this year, I have a prophetic word for you. God says, behold, I am doing something new even now. Can you see it? Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Some of you need to forgive yourselves. Some of you need to embrace and receive the mercy of God. Forget the disappointments. Forget the loss. Because listen, here's the next point. We got to remember, but God says this. You also need to forget. Look at verse 18. But forget all that, God says. God said, listen, this is a word for all of us. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. What was God referring to? Here's what God was referring to. You think Egypt was pretty awesome? He's saying this, I can deliver you from Babylon too. I can deliver you from Egypt. I can deliver you from Babylon. You think Egypt was wild? I am doing a new thing. It's nothing compared to what I just did. Now, how many of you know, this requires faith for all of us, especially if you've been in a rough season. God says, first of all, remember who I am. My mom has a beautiful little sign in her kitchen that says simply this, God's got this. God's got this. God's got what? This. What is this? This is whatever is going on in your life. I have a word for you. God's got it. Remember the greatness of God. Also, forget the failures and disappointments of your past. Why? Because your disappointments, your losses, your regrets, your hurts, if you don't let them go, you get stuck in them. Like really deep mud. God's saying, lift up your eyes, get out of the mud, because what I'm going to do is nothing compared, or is huge compared to what I've already done. What I've done in the past is nothing compared to what I'm about to do, God's saying. Look forward. Look ahead. How many of you agree with me that the best days for the Lord are always right around the corner? And let me just say, there's been some great days in the past. We've had great days of great glory, great days of high praise and high worship. But God's trying to tell us, I'm not done yet. 
Do you think you have, have probed the depths of the greatness of what God is doing and what he's capable of doing? Sometimes I think Jesus, it's like when he went to his hometown and he was just scratching his head because he's like, I know you think I'm the carpenter's son. That, that's part of who I am. But I'm so much more than that. And I want to do some amazing things here. But Jesus left town going, if, here's, what he, here's what he's saying. If only they could have seen what I wanted to do. But they missed, they missed, they missed their day of visitation. Jesus was there. They missed what he wanted to do because they couldn't see it. Ah, we got to see it. We got to know the greatness of God. We got to remember who we're worshiping and following. We have to forget all the other stuff and believe that God is doing something new. Let's celebrate the past today, but we're not living in the past today. And then lastly, look at verse 19. We're going to close with this. God says, I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I'm going to create rivers in the dry wasteland. One way we could say this is God is all about new roads and new rivers. What do roads do? Thank God for roads. You know, we called this campaign the I-54 campaign. We, we designed it like an like a, like a interstate sign. Well, why do we do that? Well, it, was, it was Isaiah 54, and it was about the highway of the Lord. And how many of you know we believe if you follow the Lord, the roads of God take us to places. They take us to destinations. They take us to places we've never been. When we follow a supernatural God, he makes a way in the wilderness. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. If we're, if we're going to live as a church family, a corporately, lives that please God, God's going to take us through wilderness. God's going to take us off-road. God's going to take us in places that people have never been before. Can I just tell you, can I just tell you, what God's doing right now through this church in the nations, we can't even keep up with it. We have requests for nine Roar schools. Nine. Nine. And these are not, these are not in easy places. These are in unreached nations where people are hungry to hear, hear God, hear, about, hear the good news of Jesus. Can I just tell you something? To start nine Roar Schools costs money. But can I just tell you something else? This is why, how we think. What is more near and dear to the heart of God than lost people hearing the good news? What would be more near and dear to the heart of God than helping train up a nation's next generation of spiritual leaders to disciple people? We got, a call from, we got a call from Pakistan this week. Their last crusade, over 100,000 people and 78,000 and some change all gave their lives to the Lord. Imagine doing one crusade, 78,000 people wanting, wanting Christ in their life. 78,000. Um, the demand overseas for, for what is coming out of Living Stones is huge. All of this costs money. But here's the cool thing. You say, well, Pastor, where are we going to get that? From God. From God. Because here's what's going to happen. God's going to take us on some new pathways through the wilderness. Here's what God's saying. Hey, church, I'm doing some new stuff in you. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Or do opportunities look like obstacles? You know, sometimes we get in this situation where we go, hey, God wants to do this. Oh, God, how are we going to do that? We can't do that. We've ne- how about this one? We've never done that before. This is called a new path through wilderness. 
There's no superhighways in the wilderness. There's roads. There's new paths that God is blazing. You know, if we're called to follow Jesus, I mean, you know, we're going to be blazing some trails. We're going to be going some places we've never been. We're going to be uncomfortable. Saying, Pastor, this is supposed to be an encouraging message today. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to get you ready. You can be part of a wimpy, predictable, go-nowhere church, or you can be a part of a church that's holding on, going, Woo! All right? But check this out. Last word. There's not only new roads, but God promises us new rivers. You know, in the Bible, rivers always speak about God's anointing, God's presence. And the Bible says this about the river of God. Everything it touches comes to life. You know, I'm just telling you, watching that come out of the ground, came out of, came out of vision, came out of faith, came out of a church that believes God, a church that pulled the same direction. Uh, and, and seeing that, walking in what started out as simply a vision from God, and now watching people in there having fun and enjoying one another. Um, we created, here's the deal, we created a wineskin, we created a canister, we created a, you know, you remember when the prophet told uh, the woman, go get as many can- canisters, containers, buckets, whatever, whatever will hold oil, go get it. Why? It wasn't anything special about the containers. We got lots of rooms that are containers here, some are more special than others. We got furnace rooms. They're not all that special until it's January, and then thank God for furnace rooms. Amen? You appreciate it. We got all kinds of rooms, but every room we have here is just a container. What do we want to fill those rooms with? We want to fill those rooms with people who are getting touched by the river of God. You with me? People touched by the river of God. God promises this. There are new, fresh seasons coming to us of God encounter and of the outpouring of God's Spirit. We have a treasure trove of prophetic words over this house about what God's going to do. I believe God's just getting us ready. I believe God's just preparing it. Today is significant because today represents some of those new roads and new rivers. Some of you came into the sanctuary on a new path you never walked before until today. We're believing that's going to become a well-worn path uh, that with many, many people are going to be coming. Um, There's new outpourings of God's Spirit. There's new refreshing. There's new breakthroughs in your life that are coming. There's there's the favor of God coming. There's relationships coming. Um, We had somebody share this week, Pastor, Pastor, one of the names we wrote on those flags. Remember when we wrote names on flags and we stuck them in the ground when we broke ground? Anybody remember that? Orange flags. We wrote names on those flags. Well, I got, a, I got a message this week that there's already amazing, supernatural, Holy Ghost activity in the lives of one of those people on those flags. And people look at us like we're crazy. You're writing a name on a flag and sticking it in the ground. That seems weird. It is weird to people who can't see. Blind people, they don't know what God's doing. When you live in the natural All you have, and what a boring existence, all you have is your own single ability. If I had to go through life with just my ability, how boring is that? I am so weak. I am so limited. I am so incomplete. I need all of you. But check it out. When all of us get together and we set our eyes on God, oh, my, 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 we start to see 
like we've never seen before. God starts to put faith in our hearts. How do we begin to see? Because first of all, his loving kindness and goodness draws us to himself. You're precious to God. You're treasured by God. You're honored by God. You are loved by God. He is crazy about you. And now he's inviting us to dream with him. Behold, pay attention. Everybody notice God's saying, this is a big deal. I am getting ready to do something new. In fact, God says, I've already started it. Can you see it? If you would like to have a little better vision, stand to your feet. If you want to be a dreamer, a team dreamer, stand to your feet. We want to pray. And then here's what we're going to do. As soon as I say amen, we now have four ways to leave the sanctuary from the back instead of two. I mean, you know, we just got double anointing this morning, all right? Four ways to leave. Um, if you're going to get your children, slip on out. But here's what we're going to do. There's a stage set up in the, in the foyer for a brief service where we're going together. We're going to stand on this holy ground and dedicate it to the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want you to join us quickly, and then we're going to have some great lunch together. But here's what I want you to do with me today. Let's pray, even as the servant did. Remember that when, when, when uh, the prophet said, hey... Uh, the, the rain is coming. He said, no, I don't see any rain. He said, oh, yeah, there's a cloud over there. And he looked. He couldn't see it. He had to go back multiple times. Remember that? And, he, and the prophet prayed. He said, he said, Lord, open his eyes to help him to see. You remember also when the enemy were surrounding and just the prophet and his armor bearer. And, and, and he said, oh, my goodness, we're surrounded. We're dead. We're, they're going to kill us. There's so many of them. And you remember the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes. And let them see that the armies of God are so much greater than any of the armies of this earth. Lord, we come to you in that humble posture today. With Isaiah, the prophet, challenging us even today to be able to see, to be able to open our eyes to believe that you're doing a new thing even now. So Lord, we honor our past. Thank you, God, for the long-term covenant friendships that we've had. Many people are with us. Others, God, you've moved on to other things. We bless them all. We thank you for the contribution everybody has played to bring us to this place. But, Lord, we also choose to forget. We're going to forget where we dropped the ball, forget the painful times. We're just going to cover the past, even in a fresh way right now, in the mercy and forgiveness of God. Lord, we don't want to walk into that sanctuary. I feel like the Lord, this just popped into my head. I'm just going with what the Lord's doing. I feel like the Lord's challenging all of us with something right now. Here's the challenge. Hear, hear the word of the Lord. Don't walk into that foyer with unforgiveness in your heart towards any brother or sister. If you need right now just to say, Lord, I, I just choose to release this person or that person, or maybe you need to just say, God, forgive me for carrying around bitterness or unforgiveness. I really feel like the Lord's just saying, you know what? If you're going to invite me to fill this place and you're going to dedicate it for my glory, I want clean hands and I want a pure heart. So right now, if you, if you need to take care of some business, just say, God, I, I choose to release that person. It might be a son or a daughter, or a, an ex-husband or ex-wife. It might be a painful situation. It might be a brother or sister. It might be a betrayal. I don't know what God's doing, but I just feel like God's saying, come on, let's go into that sanctuary with clean hands and a pure heart. So, Lord, forgive us right now. Just forgive us where we need mercy. And, Lord, we just receive it right now. 
Lord, wash our eyes. Open up our spirits, Lord. Open up our hearts to see you and to see what you're doing. Lord, I pray for breakthrough. If you need breakthrough, if, you, if you're ready to go into the next chapter, maybe this has been a difficult season, I, I just want you in faith to lift your hands to the Lord right now and say, God, I, I want to see the new thing that you're doing. Uh, I, I want to see it and I want to believe it. And some of you need to do this. You need to start speaking with your mouth what God has already promised you even before it begins. It's manifesting, but you need to declare it over your family, your kids, your future, over what God's doing in your life. Declare what God says about you and thank him that you're seeing it because you're seeing it through the eyes of faith. Now, Lord, give us supernatural faith. We're believing you, Lord, that this facility will be completely paid for at the end of these three years. God, that, that, that you will do remarkable things financially in our lives, bringing increase and blessing so that we can uh, pass that right along to get done what you're asking us to do. And Lord, more importantly than money and buildings, God, we're asking that what these buildings were created for uh, would now be filled with people who are coming, getting rocked by you. New roads, new rivers, God. New roads, new rivers. We prophesy over this place. Lord, bless our day today. Bless our fellowship today. Lord, fill us now with faith for the call and for the vision. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Hey, one last thing. Marriage class, 4 o'clock today. Great series uh, in marriage class. Let's give the Lord one more round of applause. Can we? We love you, Lord. Amen.